Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Hannah Dunleavy, and I want to talk about booze. Alcohol has played a huge role in my life and is responsible for some of its highs and a lot of its lows. I'm interested in what role it plays in other people's lives and how things like age, race, class, sex, religion, geography, profession, health conditions, family history, good old-fashioned trial and error affect what they drink and why they drink it. I'm not here to preach to anyone. I'm certainly in no position to do that. I'm just looking for a better understanding of alcohol's role in Britain in 2019. This is The Drink. Please listen responsibly. Hello, Hannah here, and welcome to this week's episode of The Drink. Out on a Tuesday, I know. What the hell is going on? Yeah, I've managed to drag myself away from the BBC Parliament channel. Who'd have known? It was so interesting. To get a couple of episodes recorded, the one that you're about to hear, which I'll tell you about in a second. I also went out for a cup of tea with the comedian Jane Hill to talk about why she no longer drinks and about being psychologically addicted to alcohol, or as she calls it, addicted to fun. That was really interesting. That'll be coming up next week. I am about, when I, when I pressed up on this, I'm about to leap into the shower because I am going out to meet the brilliant Kiri pritchard McLean, who is doing a gig in the fair city of Cambridge this evening. So I'm going to go and run and meet her beforehand. So we won't be drinking um, because she'll be about to go on stage, but we're going to be talking about how she is allergic to alcohol which I'm imagining will be really interesting and funny because Kiri is really interesting and funny. Okay, so this episode, God, I'm prattling on today. In this episode, I went to meet David and Isabel from the Shitfaced Shakespeare Company and the Shitfaced Showtime Company, which, as you might or might not be able to guess from that title, means that they go on stage and improvise a Shakespeare play or a musical while one of the members of the cast is drunk. We had a great chat, which is coming up now. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, please press subscribe because that's just good for me. I won't bore you with the details why, but it is. And it is very, very small effort on your part can help me out enormously. Okay, until next week. Hi, I am here with Isabel Rowright and David Ellis. Hello. Hello. From Shitface Shakespeare and Shitface Showtime. Yes. Okay, well, let's start off by explaining what that is. I'll explain Shakespeare was the first one, so I'll explain that one first, and then you can explain where Showtime came from. Um, But it is a stage show that was um, made originally for music festivals. So two guys from East 15 Drama School got approached by Secret Garden Party Music Festival, and they got asked to basically create the running order 
uh, and make up all the artists that were going to perform in the theatre tents right. um, at Secret Garden Party. And they, they invited a load of people to, to perform at it, and they, they were coming up with an idea for a headline act. Uh, and then they woke up in the morning and they'd written loads of ideas down on a bit of paper and in the middle of it was Ship Bay Shakespeare and they thought that's a great name but a terrible idea we can never do that and then uh, they were really struggling to find a headline act and then they were like do you know what let's let's give it a go so they got five actors to rehearse a condensed version of A Midsummer Night's Dream and they sent one an hour before the show started they sent one of them out to get very drunk and the first time we ever did the show the show lasted about 20 minutes before um, our first drunk actor ever uh, passed out and had to be taken off to the medical tent for observation and then the the second night that they did it rumours had spread throughout the campsite um, that one of our actors had died so the tent was over capacity and the fire brigade showed up but we finally got to perform and that was to a huge success and it's sort of just grown it's been a self-funded company it's grown ever since ever since then We, we did our first Edinburgh uh, in 2012 again doing Midsummer Night's Dream that was very successful and then ever since then we kept on going back to Edinburgh with different shows I joined in 2014 uh, and the show now runs every year in Edinburgh every year at the Brighton Fringe we, we're doing our fourth year this year at the Leicester Square Theatre and we also run in three different states in America and in 2015 in 2015 thank you for segue I joined the company and started the Shitface Showtime musical uh, tangent and uh, that's called Shitface Showtime we do exactly the same but we do musicals and it will change from year to year um, this year we're doing Oliver Twist Guys and Dolls, and we'll be doing a Scrooge at the end of the year. So yeah, the company is growing and growing, and lots of shitface productions. We've been asked year on year about a shitface panto, and I think the shitface yeah. Christmas Carol, shitface Scrooge is going to be the closest that we get to that. But yeah. I think it's going to be a really nice mashup of both companies. Yeah, isn't I think it, it will and, be. Yeah. And Christmas carols and all of that, so people will get that panto vibe. But the added shit-faced element. So the rule is that one person is drunk and they kind of lead the performance? Yes. Uh, four hours before the show, one of the actors starts drinking. They pre- prepared the, a condensed version, somewhat more condensed than the hour, because obviously you've got to make room for a little bit of... Um, tomfoolery. Tom yes. So with, without interruption, our shows normally run at about 45 minutes. Yeah. And then, and then you've got the next 50 minutes that you know is wiggle room to allow right. drunk yeah. to improvise. To yes. do whatever they like, yeah. Well, depending. Um, so we'll have, um, by curtain up, they'll be in a particularly inebriated state for us to be able to play around, improvise. I think the first ten minutes, we always say, is funny because you're watching a completely unpredictable person on stage and then the rest of the show is funny because you're watching a group of skilled actors try and improvise around them yeah. and get through a show the joke of there being someone pissed can only get you so far yeah. I think we re- yeah. it, it took us a while to realise that but I think the real skill and a lot of the humour from the show comes from watching this group of actors desperately trying to get this show out yeah. Yeah. and coming up up against the um, you know the immovable object of the, of the they, you know they've got an impossible task to get to get through a show yeah. intact with a drunk person on stage it's just completely unachievable and to watch yeah. a group of actors working to try and do that yeah. is where is where the magic happens yeah totally yeah in the press release that I saw, I noticed in there it said that the one of you will be, and it says in quotes, genuinely inebriated, uh, which I get is the point, you're not pretending to be drunk. But I wondered where, where you set that bar for you. When you do it, 
Is is that an amount of drinks? Is that a state of mind? When do you say that's it? I'm drunk. It's a bit of both. It's a, yeah, it is. We get used to. We work tend to work with the same actors quite a lot because we get used to the way that they react to the drinking, and we are a company of friends. So we tend to. Last night we had a show, and that actor usually goes oh I'm having two bottles of Pinot Grigio before the show that's what I always do so like let's switch it up and last night he did vodka and we had no idea what he was going to drink but you can just get you can just tell the more you know someone you're like okay I know that you're in the right place to do that show at that time so it does help that we are a a group of friends it's It's never prescriptive no never there's knowing what you would normally have yeah like but but it's never like you should aim for that and again that's something that we've learned through trial and yeah, error as totally, well yeah. I think there was one time where I, I, I went through a phase of when, when I first started so back in 2014 I think I, I got through about two thirds of, of a bottle of, of rum in those four hours and then I, and then I knew that so I tried to do that yeah. and then one day I was just way too over but it is about we have someone called a showrunner and they monitor that person right. Right? and they'll always call them before the start a drink up that's what we call it in the beginning of those four hours and um, and they will say, how are you feeling today? Are you in a good place? Yeah. How's your family? What have you eaten today? Yeah. Did you get a good night's sleep? Yeah. They'll go through um, all those questions to, just to check that you're in a good place to do it. And then you'll be monitored not just by the showrunner, but by everyone during yeah. that time. You're not just sort of left, that you're not just shut in a room by yourself yeah. going, right, there's yeah. a lot of vodka. Party on my own. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, never, that's never the case. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, it's very much about state of mind. Um, but all sorts of things can have a massive effect on it. I was just saying, I just got back from Australia, and the effect that the heat had on us performing—yeah, that's a coin—was uh, yeah, it was really noticeable. You just you didn't really because the heat was so overwhelming, you didn't really notice how mm. pissed you were getting. And, and obviously, when we're up in Edinburgh, our tolerance becomes quite good by nights, by yeah. week yeah. three. So yeah. yeah, you can't really judge your drink up on the on the first drink up you had in week one. Yeah, that's interesting. When you are drunk on stage, now if I just think about my, myself when drunk, number one, depending on what I've drunk, but mostly I need to wee a load more than I do. Mm-hmm. And let's start with that. How do you deal with that? <laughs> Breaking the seal. Um, Alan was really worried about that for his yeah, show last, last night, night, wasn't he? Yeah. I tend to find, I don't know about you, but as soon as I'm on stage and drunk, I completely forget about all bodily yeah. fun. It's, it's <laughs> you, don't, you do forget. You're so distracted by how much fun you're having. You ask an actor how many times they've ever needed to sneeze on stage. Yeah. Not, not you know, yeah. in, in a regular day-to-day show, very few ever have. And you do just forget about it. There's so much other stuff going on in the, in the brain. We do have people run are. off and go for a wee oh, yeah. halfway I think you, through. You can, yeah, but I, I think for the most part, it just doesn't enter into your head. You do mm. the adrenaline and the fact that you're performing in front of a, a well, room full of people. Well, mm. adrenaline itself mm. kind of makes you feel drunk a lot of the time. Well, that's the thing. We kind of we kind of take that into consideration when we're getting someone ready, because obviously, like the booze mixed with the adrenaline, yeah. really combines to be quite a like it's quite a bizarre notion. Because obviously. You, you have that 60 minutes on stage and you do almost get more drunk from the adrenaline yeah. you come off stage and it's like whoosh, like you feel you do feel There's the rush crash. out you yeah, have yeah. a real crash yeah. sometimes because you you're obviously drunk and, and you've got a room full of 400 people watching you laughing at you and then suddenly there's a, a real switch in 
the attention you're getting, which is really hard to adjust to on a drunken mind. So yeah, that is an interesting one, but we do take it into consideration. Whenever we're doing the drink up, we're like, okay, well, adrenaline will do this to him now. So. Yeah. And also the fact that sometimes adrenaline can kick in and make people feel completely sober. We had one guy up in Edinburgh this year who was swearing blind that he needed another drink before he needed to go on stage. And you're just watching him going, Jack, I can see that you're, you know, you're visibly yeah. pissed. You can't stand up properly. And he was like, no, but I feel really with it. And I'm yeah. like, it's just the adrenaline. The adrenaline, before you go on, it really feels like it sobers mm. you up, even though that you've had like a considerable amount to drink yeah. over those four hours. Interestingly, we had a similar one up in Edinburgh where that person was convinced yeah. that they weren't drunk enough. And we were like, well, we know you are drunk enough. But he's quite a compass mentis when he's drunk. He's quite together so he got through the first two scenes without making one hiccup at all and we were there like oh maybe he was right maybe he was right he's not drunk enough and then suddenly he makes one one little misses a dance move or something the audience realize who it is starts laughing and I've never seen someone get drunk in like, like he did in the space of a minute. It so, was mad. So the audience doesn't know which one of you are drunk. Is, is that right? It never gets announced at the top of the show. Yeah. You're told that you've got five actors and one of them is pissed. Um, the Shakespeare shows, a lot of them open with the dance. Not all of them, but then obviously there's more dancing in, in showtime yeah. anyway. But that's part of the fun of it, that the, that the audience are trying to work out in the opening you know, scene who the pissed person is. And sometimes it's quite interesting as well. For example, with Romeo and Juliet, there's quite a long scene at the opening of, opening of the play before Juliet comes on. And you can sort of feel that. And if none of the four characters that have been on stage already are drunk, you can kind of feel that ripple of excitement. Yeah. The audience going, oh, it must be Juliet, it must be Juliet, it must be Juliet that's drunk. So, and, they, and then they know that that's coming. What do they call that? In the, is it delayed gratification? The, the thing like harping on, you know he's coming, you know he's coming, you know he's coming. Yeah. coming, yeah. Yeah. The second thing that would that would be problematic for me were I to do this is I'm a big puker. Right. And that can happen like that. <laughs> that can be, I'm having a lovely time, suddenly I smell something or whatever, and then I am, I'm gone. Does, does, does that happen to you guys? No one has ever vomited on stage. And the, that is a record that we're proud of. <laughs> We do we do at the beginning hand out like a load of sort of toys and gags yeah. at the beginning and we give out a, a bucket and we give it to one person in the audience okay. which is supposedly the bomb bucket. But that's but purely there as that's a, it, yeah. As a gag uh, pun yeah. the pun. But like uh, We've never yeah, we've never had anyone vomit during a show. I think maybe I think we we ha- have you never had anyone being sick during the show? We had someone we had, sick during the show, but backstage. We had someone very, very bloated. Yes. And then they like they tried to make themselves sick because they felt they drunk they just drunk so much yeah. beer before. But and that was before the show, and we were oh god, we've really. But actually, she was in a good place. And yeah, it she was, was just, fine. She just needed to get rid of the of the bloat a little bit. It wasn't yeah. even like she was like. She was, she was like violently sick. She was she just, like, at that just, like, point tipsy, really. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to um, to Taylor Glenn, who is one of the Drunk Women Solving Crime podcast. And in fact, I did their podcast, and we were talking about the sort of level of how exposed you feel being drunk. Now it's slightly different because mm. you're not being yourself whilst mm. being drunk, whereas we yeah. were think, allegedly being ourselves. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. People are encouraged, certainly, to stay in character during the thing, but people yeah. always end up being they themselves. They do end up, yeah. And it is a very uh, vulnerable thing that we do. We, we, yeah. we are aware 
that we are asking people and ourselves to be incredibly vulnerable on stage. And we take precautions against that. You know, that, that's why we have water hour after the show. And we so look we up. We screening we, at the beginning. Why we check up on them at the beginning yeah. and see what kind of frame of mind they're in. We, we are aware of the, of the artists that we're, we're putting on people. And that's part of the reason why we don't just need people who are great performers. We need friends. Well, yeah, we always yeah. say this when we're auditioning. We need people that we I'll know that we're going to get along yeah. with. And we know we're going to fit into our core group of people. And and are going to be people that you want to be around, that you want to support, and that we have, a, you know, that we know that we can trust and have a great deal of like love and respect for each other. And that's, yeah. and that's something that's genuinely really, really wonderful. The fact that it doesn't just feel like it doesn't feel like a job; it feels like family. And it yeah, feels like it is a family of you know, companies. That yeah. We all sort of do Christmas parties and have barbecues and stuff. So it is like a real company of friends. We do interviews as well as the improv auditions and the, it's quite a lengthy audition process really because we have to kind of sit down and just yeah. chat to them about themselves for a few minutes ask you them know, about you know and, and, and you know we're, we're, quite, we're really honest with people you know we just go but we, we've had people who have wanted to be part of the company in the past who maybe haven't had the greatest relationship with booze or someone in their family hasn't had a great relationship with booze and that kind of stuff comes out and you know uh, so yeah. we, we, do, we, do, we, we care about the people that work for us and we care yeah. about looking after each other and making sure that everyone's in a good in a state good of state mind to do. And, fit and, and fit and well and healthy enough to do the show and no one ever drinks if they're not up for it and we have had people who are just sober performers for the oh, run really yeah it's yeah it depends especially if they've if they've been with the company for a while and they're like i'm do you know what i just don't want to drink yeah. for a bit and that's absolutely fine you know we we were saying that we don't do this show because of the drunken side of it we do it for the the improv yeah. and the sober before because it is such a fun show to do i've been doing it for five years now and it's never got boring it's different every night it is the most fun you can have on stage i would say personally yeah. anyway yeah. So yeah, we had one of the, our like our oldest company members who, in 2016, uh, became a dad. Him and his him and his wife had a baby, and so obviously he was like, "I'm not going to drink this year because yeah. when mm. we're done with the show, I need to get in yeah. my car and go home and look yeah. after my wife and kid." And we just go, "Yeah, that's fine." Right. You know? Has doing this had any impact on the amount that you drink or your attitude to drink outside of this? I think I drink much less now than when I started doing the show and I and I, I almost think that now I've got this perfect this, this is purely me personally yeah. I have this perfect moment where I know I can go wild and be silly and make people laugh when I'm pissed mm. and relax and know that there's people there to catch me and look after me mm. and I kind of save it all up for those I, all, I, I drink but I don't ever really get you don't really. No, I, you're I quite good. I never get like hammered, and I'm always someone that gets to a certain point of being drunk on the night out, and I'm like, right, I'm gonna go home now. Yeah. You know, I, I'm never like, I'm I'm very bad at like pushing through and like having a big night out or whatever. Like I I like going out to a pub, having some drinks, realizing that I'm pissed, and then going home and falling asleep, and probably having some it, food on the side. If you're going like, to get drunk, yeah, it is the safest way you could possibly get drunk because that's you'll true. finish a show. Someone's been lo- looking after you. They'll put you in a taxi or yeah. take you home. They'll feed you water, food after it. So, and you do. That's true, especially in Edinburgh. You know, most nights you'd be out having a drink, but yeah. if you're 
if you've got a you know you're probably drinking for the next day then you're going to you don't get, you'll have you, a drink you're going to you save go yourself like, yeah not like when you know I have to say my relationship with alcohol has changed throughout the process the first time I ever did it I definitely wanted to get drunk more and more because I enjoyed the the freeing yeah. because it is so freeing on stage to know that you're you're pretty much you're the most sloppy version of yourself yeah. yeah and people accept it and and it's fun and like there's freeing free, and, it's yeah. it's totally freeing and I think after the first year I definitely kind of went oh wow like I want to recreate that and I didn't I didn't I definitely didn't go out partying and boozing madly but I definitely enjoyed nights out maybe a little bit more yeah but then since then I've kind of it's just become normal it it has just become normal the more you do it you're just kind of I don't know I I definitely don't want to get drunk that much anymore because I know I want to save myself for the show or night obviously you both you must have learned something by doing this about acting drunk from this. Oh, acting drunk. As, yeah. as in pretending to be as drunk. As in pretending yeah. to be drunk, yes. I don't, I don't know that I have because it, it's, something, it's something that we never have to, to do. No. And, I th- and I think the, the, the only thing, if I was to now do a play where I had to pretend to be drunk... I would still do the thing that I got taught at drama school 10 years ago. Really? Which is that don't try and fall over. Try and stand up. Yeah. Don't try and slur your words. Try and speak very clearly. Because that, like, do the opposite. Because, like, a drunk person isn't falling over on purpose. Yeah. They're trying so hard yeah. to yeah. keep their balance, to keep their focus, to be able to enunciate if they're saying something that means something. Yeah. Um, so I would probably just do that I, I don't know I haven't yeah I, haven't I, I really wouldn't I've had to pretend to be drunk in a, in a very in long while, while I yeah. don't think so I, I can't yeah I'm not sure what my process would be it, it, is a, it is a rare skill some people you think just I can see you acting in that thing yeah. and yeah. other people a great example of this is uh, Paul Kay Paul Kay is probably the best actor yes. for pretending to be drunk yeah, and yeah, him yeah. in pulling yes I think I can. I cannot tell the difference I cannot he it's seamless. Is that it's the one, just, is there one where he goes into a swimming pool or something? Yeah, like yeah. He's just a fantastic actor. Yeah, anyway, isn't he? he's just but he, he actually sort of has to, almost has like a visible miasma around him yeah. of booze. He looks mm. like he stinks of yeah. booze. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like how, you can how, smell him when you look watch him on watch screen. The TV, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's an incredible thing to to do. I don't. Um, whereas other people never quite seem to get it right, but perhaps they're doing what you said. Yeah. So you must wake up with a lot of work hangovers. Yes, I mean. I can't speak for you, Dave, but personally, I'm never hung over after a drunk show because of... Because you, you've got someone looking after yeah. you. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, I started trying to implement that to my friends on night. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. If you see someone that's too far gone, now my instinct is go, get them water, get them food, yeah. get them to bed. Mm. I'm, the most I'll ever feel is slightly tired. But yeah. I've, because you are being looked after so well, yeah. actually... You never really 
feel that hungover. Four hours worth of drinking. You'll have a couple of beers during the show because the audience have the have the ability to give you a couple of drinks during the show, um, and then and you'll be done drinking within five hours. And then you'll be on the water. The only problem arises if you get back on the booze once. You've yeah, after the shower, if you're which I've done out, a couple of times and yeah. I would never do. That's really hard. As I yeah, got older, the I'd next morning. Okay, then we need to know what those tips are. Then so people who suffer from hangovers can avoid getting <laughs> just them. Water. So that's just, just drink all yeah, the water is. and get something solid in you. Like get like when you get in, have something to eat and just drink a ton of water. Yeah, totally. It's as simple as that. But it's also it's not just drinking a ton of water, it's staying up and drinking yes. over yeah, the yeah. time period because yeah. we don't let someone go to bed straight away. They'll have to drink a certain amount be up and for at eat. least I reckon three hours after. Yeah, after like. a show. Yeah, definitely. Because it's I don't know the chemistry of it, but definitely just staying. How long it takes your body to break yeah. down? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and it must work better while you're awake. while you're awake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is your crowd boozy? Yes. Yeah, they they yeah. are. De- and depending on different because we we perform at different times. I'd say at Leicester Square they're slightly less. They can, there's only a certain amount of boozy you can get at seven o'clock yeah, on a Wednesday if you're coming yeah. straight yeah. from work. So them less so, but certainly our late night audiences in oh, Edinburgh. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. When we're performing at like 10 o'clock at night at the Edinburgh Festival. What's really interesting about our crowds is that we, they're not, they don't tend to be theatre goers all the time, which is like so rare for any other show I've ever been. At yeah. most shows you go to, they're people who go to theatre, are in the theatre world in some way or in, you know, in a creative industry. My, my brothers, for example, are just not into theatre, let alone musical theatre, um, and they absolutely love the show. And I don't, like, even if it is the, the oh, they're going to get shit-faced, they're going to get drunk, yeah. even that, if that is the thing that gets them into the theatre, it does encourage them to get into the theatre and then they get to see a load of improvisers and enjoy the comedy aspect of it, not yeah. just the drunk stuff. So that's what I really like about doing this is that it, it is theatre for people who don't go and see theatre and that's a really cool part of it's it, a, I think. Yeah, it's a gateway drug for theatre. Yeah, the yeah, that's that totally yeah. Because, yeah. because same as, you know, same as in, like with Showtime or Shakespeare, there will be scenes that the drunk person is not in, and yeah. all of a sudden that person is, is sitting there watching a group of people, like someone yeah. singing an amazing song or watching yeah. some people doing an amazing Shakespeare scene, and those scenes are getting as much of a reaction as the drunk person. Yeah, yeah. and that's and that's what we want to do, really. Yeah, we, we said about you know, we clearly everyone in the company loves a drink, and we we do that is undeniable. But we mm. love performing, and we love mm. theatre, and we love live comedy and I, and I, and I think like, something I always say about this show is that what, why why should people go and see theatre why, why, what is the difference between going and seeing the same performance that you know is going to be an immaculate performance night after night after night you might as well go and watch a film and this is something that's genuinely different and in the moment and watching a group yeah, of people yeah. genuinely deal with a problem yeah. and having to get their show out in that allotted time frame yeah. and that's very exciting for an audience yeah. to watch and I, and I think even even people who have no interest in theatre whatsoever we get, yeah, yeah. We get a lot of people it's like, the, it's like the the performing with dogs and babies they're so un, or children yeah. they're so unpredictable and you can't take that your eyes off them, and and you can add drunks to that yeah. list as well. I know Ruth Bratt, who is one of the showstoppers, uh-huh. uh, and we were talking about like because obviously they improvised. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know she has like some virtual iPod in yeah, her it's head, pretty amazing, which she can just it? shuffle through and find all these songs. 
Yeah. And improv does seem to be when you look at that and ostentatious, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's having a bit of a, um, a is it a revival? I don't know. Did it ever go away? I don't know. I think. I wouldn't even say that we're mainstream yet. I'd say like, no. we're, but definitely like, yeah, show, showstoppers, baby wants candy, um, awesome. Like, yeah, they they all feel very. It's they, hard they feel, like, to say because we're Edinburgh. so in that world now. I I I I don't know if my brothers would know anything about going to see improv shows, yeah. but I definitely I definitely think like you've got ostentatious on the West End every Monday now. That's yeah. That's incredible. You've got... I know Play That Goes Wrong is, isn't an improv yeah. show, but it was born out of that, wasn't it? So yeah. Yeah, Showstoppers won an Olivier. Showstoppers won an Olivier. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, yeah. that would not have happened, you know, no. ten years ago. So, yeah, I think I think it would be fair to say revival. I don't think it is mainstream quite yet, but definitely yeah. space for it, I think. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Okay, I have a question for you, sort of in your personal life. How drunk is just drunk enough for you? <laughs> That's oh. a really tough question, isn't it? I, I know what our stock answer for the show, where we want, want to get people at, at is, is that we say, you know when you're at a party and you all of a sudden get to that place where you go, I'm the life and soul of this party. <laughs> we want to get people just before there, just right. before we pop them out yeah. on stage. So, yeah. But as far as my own personal level goes I mean it does it does differ from day to, to day yeah. I'm, I'm not a big boozer like I'm really not like if, I, if I have four pints I'm hammered but I don't oh, I don't know it's so dependent on also the situation you're yeah. in isn't it just drunk just drunk enough is when you're having a good time with your friends and you don't feel sad yeah I think <laughs> I think um, we were talking about Louis through and Adam Buxton yeah. and in that podcast they said something really interesting about like leaving a party at the right time and chasing that feeling of yeah. being just yeah. right Paul Simmer said that to me when I spoke to him his entire life has been the quest for the sweet yeah. spot of I have drunk enough I yeah. should stop yeah, yeah totally. I think I've got much better at doing that because of maybe because of the show but I, I think I'm, I, I'm much more easily satisfied with not having the best nights out for me are, have always, always been nights where, where something spontaneous just happens rather than you go out chasing it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, totally. so, and, I, and I, think, I think as I've got older, I've become more accepting of that. And I think our show, on a personal level, is a really good outlet for that. You, yeah, you get yeah. to have that amazing night. Even, even though you're drunk by yourself, which sounds really weird, everyone takes such good care of you, you don't feel isolated, you don't feel by yourself. No, and you no. get to have this incredible experience 
um, it does sort of feel like an out of body experience. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it doesn't just feel like being on booze, which is, you know, I won't, I won't go into what it, you know, but like, <laughs> but it, it does, you know, it, it's that mix of adrenaline and we're getting to do what we love at the same time. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know anything else in this world I love more than getting out on stage and making a room full of people laugh and getting to do that with that extra yeah. lovely feeling that being drunk can sometimes give you. Do you it's, remember it all though? You Sometimes. remember it more than most people. Yeah. Remember we were talking about the adrenaline? Yeah. That plays havoc with your memory. I come off stage, I haven't remembered a thing that's happened in the last hour, and it will be solely that last hour. Well, can you remember the sensation of enjoying it while it's been happening? Oh, yeah, I know yeah. I've had a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of the fun comes back when people are like, oh, the, when you this happened, this and yeah. this happened, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know that you've had fun, but yeah, memory-wise... Mm. Tends to be that you you literally blank out that first that that hour. But then I don't know. That also becomes a fun thing when people are like, "Oh, you did this thing," and you're yeah. like, "No, did oh, I?" Yeah. And like some things you can remember and some things you can't. Yeah. But you do walk away remembering the feeling. I think when yeah, you've really oh yeah, totally. It and, and you've had, and then people fill in the blanks for you. And quite often, uh, we sort of we film our shows as well to do footage with you to go. How can we handle that? Because yeah, like, yeah. there are always problems with this show. It's a show that's built in where we have to have problems. Yeah. And, and, and we go, how could we have yeah. dealt with this moment better? Yeah. Oh, when Mercutio decided they were going to do this instead, what could we have done to steer them back on track? Yeah. Oh, Ben Vernier says this idea at this point. Could we have, could we have taken that idea and ran with it a little bit more? I so all those sorts of things. Yeah. I suppose with improv as well, improv more than almost any other art form. When it's done, it's gone. I yeah. mean. Yeah. It's not. It's not like you're, you're working on an end product that you're yeah. polishing. Yeah. If it if it's if it didn't work or whatever, it's gone. If it did work, yeah. it's also gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with a drunk as well, I, the the different thing with our improv and say you know ostentatious, you, like you can't hang on to certain gifts that the drunk has given you. We had a drunk on last night who just literally gave you about 10 different options that you could have gone with in the space of a minute and we you do just have to drop a load of the ideas and just run with certain things yeah. because more often than not they're not going to remember half of the offers that they've made yeah. to you and then you get into a sticky situation where you're like oh but you you said that you fancied nancy didn't you do you remember doing that <laughs> and then they'll like, and they're what? like what no <laughs> and then you've got you've gotten it yourself into a two minute little yeah it's interesting being able to decide which stuff to pick up and run with and also when to go off piste because the show can finish with a completely different plot but trying to change the plot at the very beginning of the show is a very is very difficult for everything you've planned up till then so you get used to making the right choices at the right times I think Uh so I would like to know when the first time you were both drunk was. I went with a mate on a holiday to Wales, and I was probably about 13, and we stole some wine and got drunk. And I don't know that when he... I, th- I think I might have then said something embarrassing to one of his parents, and then like a friend of his parents that I didn't know like took me for a walk, and I think gave me the sort of like handling your booze chat. Yeah. <laughs> My, mine was probably just a school party after after school and we played Spin the Bottle and I had my first kiss. But that's it. Oh, it you're was all the boxes by, there, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Fueled by rosé wine, which I can't drink now. Obviously. Is that when you drunk? I think... The first time? Yeah, I think so. Drunk well, I'm drunk, you know, I'd had... You had a before. sip of rosé. Probably Smirnoff as well, And obviously. you still can't drink rosé because of that. Yeah, I That's just... That's like me and cider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I, yes. I drank two things of, like, 
white lightning or something in a park yeah. in Bedford, where I'm from. And I, oh, you're and I from was, Bedford? I am, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bedford. Did you? Yeah. Where did you go? St. Thomas More? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, uh, um, I, I knew with the place you were thinking, I bet you... Did you go one of those really posh ones? No, I went to one of the really oh, posh ones. Yeah. <laughs> so I, just, I went to Bedford School. We yeah, were the Catholic. Um, oh, okay. then uh, you and yeah. I have probably been drunk in similar parks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Russell Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about yeah. golf course? My folks live in Bidnam, so I used okay. to go out on the golf course, which is between there and Great Denham. Yeah. I used to get drunk there all the time. Yeah. In the, sitting in the sitting in the bunkers with my acoustic guitar, with my <laughs> friend Jimmy. <laughs> That's great. So you are. I'm guessing you're both in your twenties, are you? I'm 30, nearly 32. Okay, so you I'm are 26. You are technically millennials, yeah. Technically, yeah. yeah. So everybody keeps telling me millennials drink less than the generation before. I heard that the, fact the other day. Were you there for someone saying that fact? Or was that on that podcast? <laughs> I don't know. Might even have been your podcast. Yeah, maybe it was. The long and short is, it's apparently true. Right. That doesn't surprise me. I think that's mostly to do with the whole sort of eating clean and exercising. I think that's really big in the, the millennial. Mm. Um, people definitely exercise, I think, more than they used to, or at least it's more of yeah. an event now. And so people plan to do that and then they won't go out and get mm. drunk. I think it's proportionally more expensive. As well. And it's more expensive. In, uh, a lot, yeah. I mean, I could I could get drunk when I was in my twenties on a salary that mm. would not get me drunk now. Or if it did, I would be, you know, yeah, hard up by the end of it. I mean, I was pretty much hard up by the mm. end of the month. But I mean, really hard up. I could afford to go out one, two nights a week in yeah. my twenties. I don't know if I could do that sort of on that proportion yeah. Yeah. of money now. That's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of think. There's the big thing, isn't it? Like people go and they do. They have their wild days at uni where they just drink yeah. like crazy, and then people get out and just go. I, I don't know. I think there is. There's definitely still been I'd drinking be still happening. Amongst yeah. Like you know, young younger people. Like I think my brother goes at it pretty hard at the weekend. I wouldn't. I, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily been drinking per se, but I know uh, like, and I think your your one of your brothers certainly like likes living oh, for the yeah. weekend, doesn't he? But then I, I would, I'd be interested to know what the difference is in London and then, you know, mm. being living in the north. It's, not, it's hard to know. Everyone gets stuck in their own bubbles, don't mm. they? And I think, and especially, you know, living in London, you do, you do very much see one side of it. And yeah, I don't, I, and, I, and I don't know what it's like. You know, I, I've not been able to witness firsthand other yeah. generations, yeah. like, yeah. drinking I, lots, I suppose. So, I mean, I, I, I think from what I can say, I mean, I am Generation X. We did drink a lot. That mm. said, my parents' generation also drank a lot, mm. and it way into their like fifties and sixties. Mm. My, I mean, my dad was an alcoholic, but all around him, mm. everybody was. That's why it was so hard to spot that my dad was an alcoholic because all around him, everybody was Everyone still was. really drinking, yeah. enjoying yeah. a nice sort of uh, way into their fifties, into mm. their sixties. Mm. Whereas I feel like it, my generation, we are slowing down. Yeah. I don't know as many people who drink as as heavily. Mm. Sort of, and I think it might be something to do with health. I wonder sense. if it's also to do with sort of migration and different cultures mixing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, drinking is very much built into a sort of British culture. Yeah. You know, back in the day, but you've got people who don't drink religion and stuff and people integrating more and yeah. that becoming a more people adjusting themselves to yeah, mixing really with different cultures. That is an interesting point. Because, mm. yeah, there is, there is... I was speaking to Evelyn Mock, the comedian, um, and she is... Her family is originally from China, and mm. she basically can't process mm-hmm. alcohol at all. Mm. 
Um, and she said that she thought it would make her sort of really stick out in Britain, but actually, mm. weirdly, she's met lots of other people who, who don't just drink. don't drink, which yeah. is Which is interesting, because I think that there is... For a long time, that was one of the primary things he said. If you describe a, an English person, yeah. it mm. would be like a pint in their hand. It, it's been really mm. interesting, actually, just coming back from Australia, because I think I, I, mean, I certainly had that view of Australians before yeah. I went out there as well. But, you know, big drinking culture. And actually, you go out in certain bars in Adelaide, and they will make you drink a glass of water before they issue you with shots. Oh, yeah, and don't they make sure that everyone there... Uh, that if you're getting a, a, a round of more than three drinks, that all of those people are there to that, yeah, take maybe, those drinks. Yeah, or yeah, is that some, just some, that might have been at the fringe? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. but like, yeah, certainly in some bars on like on the main street, if you were ordering a round of shots, they had to make sure that everyone having those shots was having a glass of water before. Yeah, yeah. that's that's so, it. Yeah. I, I I spoke to Helen Thorne, one of the scummy oh, mummies. She's Australian. I mean, I've mm. been in Australia for 20 years, but even so, when I was there. I noticed that they already seem to be more progressive. Mm-hmm. Mm. You've got free drinks for your designated driver, which wasn't mm. a thing that happened here. You were also a refused booze way, way more commonly oh. than I ever had been in this country. Mm. Yeah. People would say, that no, I think I think you're done. And yeah. you'd be like, really? And they'd be like, yep, you're with that grab, rowdy bunch of people over there. I think you're all done. Move it along. Whereas that doesn't tend to happen here. No, totally. So much. I think um, also in Sydney they've got the lockout laws and stuff like that where you can't, so you can't enter an establishment. I don't want to get it wrong. Or 9pm even. And places seem to close much earlier. But I think that started to come in after they had a pretty horrendous incident and and they thought, oh, we've got to make a big change about the drinking culture in Sydney. They were a lot tighter on who they let in as well because here the rule is, you know, if you look 18, you get served. Mm. There... You looked under 25, you got ID, and I think it did generally weed out a lot Mm. of people who who shouldn't have been in there. Yeah, Yeah. it's so interesting, that isn't it? I I, I always find that fascinating. One of my first jobs out of drama school, I I worked for a touring company in Austria, and there, certainly in loads of villages that we visited, it was legal, like. 16 and you could be drinking wine and spirits and I, and I, and I think it, it, it weirdly enough actually it kind of gave sorry wine and, wine and beer not, not and then spirits you got when yeah. you were 18 and I, I almost kind of think it gave those kids a bit more of an appreciation of like we're not just like yes we're drinking to get pissed but we're sort of like appreciating the booze a little bit yeah. more than rather like anything we yeah. can throw down ourselves to get us hammered that's like, a fair point rather yeah. than just finding like random bottles of yeah. scotch in your dad's liquor cabinet and getting hammered off or like, I, I drank some been horrible stuff when I was a kid just because it was like whatever my parents I think yeah. I, one time I had like whiskey in the, and I couldn't drink it neat so I ended up drinking it with like elderflower cordial and water oh, like it was awful oh, like, that's because hideous. I was just like oh yeah I'm just going to get like my parents are out I'm just going to get hammered whereas like I don't know I think if you can go out somewhere at 16 yeah. and, and also you're safer if you're in an establishment that establishment's looking after yeah. and you're not just a bunch of kids getting pissed off in the park where anything can happen yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually. It's so much of your drinking, your early days drinking is associated with drinking in public yeah. Yeah, yeah. areas and getting pissed for not, you know, having warm cider or so. So it's harder to, to enjoy those things. Yeah. Not, you're not, you're not to, enjoying it. Drink, yeah. Yeah, like I used to drink, yeah, again, like WKDs, I drank yeah. those. They were, you know, disgusting. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Whereas now, I'm like, ooh. I like these craft beers. I like this one. Yeah. I like mm. this, you know. Mm. You know. 
it's interesting you say that about craft beers because I think for a long while wine sort of existed outside of a lot of alcohol in that it, it, it had achieved a level of sort of cultural appreciation yeah. that it was like hey I haven't got I'm not a drinker I yeah. just mm. I just like wine just appreciate <laughs> wine exactly yeah. and that sort of has drifted in I mean the only other place I would imagine that happened or could say it happened before is in, in whiskey which that mm. sort of yeah. snobbiness yeah. exists yeah, yeah, but yeah. it has actually drifted into beer a lot more oh, it's yeah, not yeah, just yeah. the camera gin, guys with the say. big beards Gin's gin really yeah, had a moment yeah yeah Whereas but basically yeah. all gin tastes the same to me. Yeah. I, I, mm. I mean, I quite like it, but I, I couldn't identify particularly between brands. I feel like I, I definitely could. I, I can tell when I'm drinking a, a Sainsbury's basic. Yeah. <laughs> and then like a Sipsmith. Oh, and a Sipsmith. Yeah. yeah, I could definitely tell. But then also, if, if you're buying a nice glass of gin for yourself, you're not going to be drinking loads of those all night, are no. you? There is a... a space for definitely craft beer I'll go and I'll want to drink beer not for the not for the act of getting drunk but I just really want to try that beer yeah, that I yeah. haven't tried I was thinking about that the other day because I'm in the airport actually in um, uh, where we from, from Brisbane we were flying back from and, and um, it, it seems like this thing now where you know it's totally fine to just go up and be like oh can I try this one can I try it? you know that's yeah. the norm now you can yeah. go up and just try yeah. beers from the tap and no one batters an island not too long ago my dad was like oh I went to this pub in London they were just, they were just sampling all the beers oh, so tell me where can people see you next so um, you, yeah I've got are you the details the here yeah, so um, Face Showtime Oliver with a Twist started yesterday and it runs up till the 12th of April mm. tell me how uh, being drunk affects the quality of his singing it's a very good point um, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you can wake up and feel a little bit raspy yeah. it really depends we try and encourage people to not go for it but you've got a group of amazing singers yeah. who are feeling super confident and a bit wavy they do just go for it and that's why we that's why we use the rotating cast yeah. so that they can have that time off to kind of go to okay, recoup yeah to recoup yeah. or we'll put them in as compare or but you get used to managing it. The longer you do the show, the more you have it in the back of your mind as a drunk. It's like, okay, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go mad on the singing because yeah. I know I've got a load of shows to do. And I think that is just a learning curve you have as a as a cast member. It'd be boring if you got it perfectly. Like. Oh yeah, I've I've never felt. I think towards the end of Edinburgh. I've started to feel a bit raspy, but I think that's true with most shows. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. you are just using your voice You're a lot. Talking yeah, all the time. All the time. Where can people find out more? So, um, we're on the Leicester Square Theatre website. It's probably the best place to book tickets, but we've also got a website, a company Shipfay website. dot com. I don't know if the Showtime domain is up, so yeah, use the Shakespeare. You can find website. both shows through that. Okay, through yeah. You can type in com. The opening page it'll have Showtime and Shakespeare right yeah. there and you can click on whichever one you want and yeah. you're also at Edinburgh yes Edinburgh. we are so oh, the dates of the dates of our show you should say for the, for the square for us as well uh, we've got Taming of the Shrew going uh, from the, uh, eight, from April the 17th to the 1st of June and then we've got Hamlet from June the 19th to September the 14th that's great we and then we, and we're both in Brighton we're and both, both in Brighton Edinburgh. and Edinburgh and the South Bank mm. Festival as well in July um, oh, we're at that. Um, that was standard issue. We're, oh, um, yes. yeah. We're when, in the upside down there? cow, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. same. Um, I think we're. 
there for, oh, I have to get the specific dates but I'm just going to confirm that all of the dates are from the 27th of March to the 12th of April um, playing mostly Tuesday to Saturday shows great Edinburgh we're doing Guys and Dolls and that will be the same on the South Bank for the South Bank Festival excellent yeah. hopefully I'll get to come and see you for yeah come those. along thanks so much for your time thank you thank you so much thank you planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.